Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. It was about a year ago I got into a wreck. I was getting some stuff loaded off a big moving truck into a house. And I got back in the moving truck and it was on a hill on our driveway. Very steep. If you don't know how steep it is, come visit sometime. Got in it, started it up. The brakes failed, hopped over an embankment, crashed down into a tree head on. Some of you may say, that's exactly my life. That's the reality I know. Even though the wreck may have happened a year ago or a long time ago, that's what you feel. You feel that things aren't quite right. And that's just the reality you know. You feel like your life is just one big wreck. The brakes have failed. You've crashed and you're still feeling it. And what I'm trying to get you to do this morning is I'm trying to get you to think in your head and your heart that you live in a new realm. No matter what you have experienced or felt, you live in a new realm that is dominated by Jesus Christ, his love and his righteousness. And that's where we want our hearts and our minds to go to as we jump into Romans, specifically Romans 6. As we look at Romans 6, one of the emphases we are going to have this morning is that you are now dead to sin and alive to God. You're not over here anymore, dead to sin, but now you are alive to God. Romans 6 is some of the most critical verses For me, when I was a new believer, I got saved at 19 in the first five years, Romans 6 was just popping for me, just popping. Like this is the way to live. These verses have changed my life. And I know sometimes you feel like growing in Christ-likeness feels impossible. Some of you may feel like you're never going to change. And some of my lower pastoral moments, I agree with you, but you don't seem like you're going to change, right? Do we change? Are we just like still going to keep living like we lived here? Or is there a real legit change when we get saved? Do people really change? And the argument we've been making, we started two weeks ago, we're trying to present a case for Christ-like change. And we started in Romans chapter five, and we said two weeks ago, expect to change, expect to change. We said, embrace your ruin and sin and receive your rescue in Christ. So we're gonna build this case over the next several weeks that you can change in Jesus. Two weeks ago, expect it. And this week, we're pretty much gonna say, embrace your death and resurrection. Embrace your death and resurrection. I hope you're ready for this because this is good. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? 
Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? One might surmise that all this grace that Paul is throwing around is just giving permission to sin more and more. Perhaps the self-righteous Jew, which is Paul's imaginary opponent here, is pushing back and saying, why not go all out in sinning? Because the more we sin, the more grace will rush in. And Paul's like, you're crazy. Verse two, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? To Paul, this is inconceivable, and it should be to us that a Christian would go on living in sin because the Christian has died to sin. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean sinless perfection. It means that we are not going to be habitually ruled by sin any longer because we have died to sin. Now, what in the world does he mean that we've died to sin? Well, what he's talking about is we have died to the ruling power of sin. It no longer has authority over us. Some of this terminology of reigning and, and rule of sin has popped up a little bit in chapter 5, verse 21, where we say sin reigned in death. Or, or Romans 6, 6 says the believer is no longer enslaved to sin. Or Romans 6, 12, let not sin reign in your mortal body. Or Romans 6, 14, sin will have no dominion over you. The fact of the matter is that if you're a believer... Sin is no longer your master. You've been transferred from this field of sin to this reign of righteousness. Sin is no longer your master. Do you actually believe that? If you do, I'm going to ask you a question. What is the number one temptation in your life where you feel as if when it comes, you're going to give in? It just feels so overwhelming. It's like it's kind of just grab you. It's like the brakes have failed and you're going to go over and destined to do it over and over and over again. And you say, well, if it's coming, I'm, I'm going to give in every time. That is old reality ways of thinking. If you're thinking there is a certain sin that when you're tempted, you will give in 100% of the time, that is old ways of thinking of when you were dominated by sin and Satan. The new reality is that you have died. You are dead to sin. It no longer has ruling authority over your life. It's true. Keep going, keep going. Stick with me here, okay? Look at verse three, all right? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Now, let me give you a running start on the following verses. For starters, Paul is not elaborating on the practice of baptism. He is simply alluding to the reality that if you're a believer in the early church, you would have been baptized. It would be unfathomable to anybody and to Paul himself to think that there is a believer who acts like baptism is no big deal. He's just assuming everybody's baptized if they're a believer. And if you're here and you're a believer, and you're not baptized, we want to encourage you strongly to get baptized. It doesn't save you, but what we're going to see, it is a physical depiction of something that has happened to you spiritually. And what we are told here is that 
baptism is depicting what has happened to us. And in verse five, look at verse five, he says, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death. Okay, just stop there. United with Jesus. So the idea is that we're in Christ, Christ is in us. In God's eyes, he sees us connected to Christ. You can think of two trees, the little small ones, and they, they start growing around into other their trunks, right? They're, they're just intertwined together. Well, the argument he's making is that you were in Jesus and he is in you. He died, you died. He buried, you were buried. He rose again, you rose again, all right? That's what we're depicting in the physical act of baptism. And he's speaking to them spiritually what has actually happened, all right? Verse three again, verse three again. Or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? When Christ died on the cross, you were in him and you died as well. And those who die must be buried. And you also were buried. Look at verse four. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So in the eyes of God, the way he views you is that when Christ is crucified, you were crucified in him and buried with him in union. So what does it exactly mean that I've died and you died? Let's get really specific, as specific as we can get. Verse six, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. All right, stop there. Now the old self is the old you in Adam when you were living over here or, or, or the old me in Adam. John Stott, great theologian, he says this. He says, what was crucified with Christ was not a part of me called my old nature, but the whole of me as I was before I was converted. The way I view my old self is the 19-year-old punk who had really high hair, like vanilla ice, listened to perverted rap music, greedy, mean, angry, immoral, that dude is killed. He is crucified in Christ, dead, buried, begone. The old Jew in Christ, killed, buried, gone. And you may think, well, if I'm dead the way I used to live here, then What's my current problem of still sinning? If it's true that I'm dead. Now we're gonna get into a lot of this, but I really gotta just tip you off a little bit so you can think this way. Get this, you died, but you're still moving a little bit. Theologians have tried to explain this 
in graphic detail about murderers who had dead bodies attached to them while they were still living. And that's not helpful for me to understand. I think what's helpful for me to understand that I've died and yet I'm still moving has something to do with zombies. That helps me. And so I want to share with you a little bit of zombie theology for those of you who have ever watched Walking Dead, probably none of you, or any of you who have ever read a book called World War Z, it's about zombies, or for some of you who like to watch movies about zombies in love, um, that's a thing, okay? So here's the idea. I died, zombies are dead, but they're still moving. They're still trying to get stuff accomplished. So somehow in me, because I have this, this body, and I don't want you to think of just skin, but this body of death, something's going on inside of me where the old me is still trying to exert influence, this zombie flesh of mine. And I have to say, and you have to say on a daily basis, you are dead. You have no more authority over me. You used to rule my life and reign in my life, but I've been crucified in Christ. You are dead. The old me, gone. So, dead to sin? Let's say something positive. Let's look at our new life now in Christ. Let's do that. New life in Christ. Look at verse 4 again. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection." Huh. So as we died with Christ, we're buried with Christ. It also says, as Christ was raised, so we were raised to walk in this newness of life. And one day we're going to have these perfect resurrection bodies and we're with the Lord forever in heaven and we'll be free from the presence of sin. But right now we are not free from the presence of sin. But get this, get this, we are now free from the power of sin. That is our new reality. Sin no longer has power over us. We can actually say no to that because we've died, buried, and, and raised so that as Christ was raised from the dead, it says in verse four, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this word here, glory, is referring to power. Christ was raised in power. And as God's power raised Jesus, that power is activated in us, Holy Spirit power, so we can walk in newness of life. We now have power to walk in newness of life. We now have power to say no to sin. We now have power to say no to Satan. We now have power to walk in holiness. And you may think, yeah, I don't really see that in my life. And the reason why you may not see it in your life is because you have power, but you're not doing anything with it. It's almost as if you're spinning your wheels. 
we moved here from Chicago. We were there for 14 and a half years. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in cold weather, but when you are driving, you'll often find people from the south who have moved there don't know how to drive in the snow. And so many of them, when they get stuck, will just accelerate and spin their wheels and they go nowhere. And you start to smell their tires because they're, they're, they're just hitting the accelerator. They have so much power, but they're lacking traction. Power, no traction, no movement. And in our lives, we have Holy Spirit power to walk in the newness of life. But if we do not have any traction, we will have zero movement. And you're thinking, well, what's the traction? Well, the traction is many things for believers, but part of it is getting in the word. Power, traction, movement. Seeking the Lord in prayer. Power, traction, movement. Being in community with one another. You got power, oh, it got some traction. I'm being encouraged. Movement, setting boundaries, spiritual disciplines. You, you get this? You get this. Holy Spirit power to walk in newness of life, traction, movement to walk in holiness. It's got to go together. It's got to go together. Let's continue on. This is really getting good. Verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Christ is the one who pulled off the victory by facing sin and death head on. Sin and death had dominion over us, but in union with Christ, he took those head on. And at the cross, it says specifically, verse 9, that death no longer has master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. In other words, the dominion of sin and death is broken in Christ. Sin and death no longer have dominion over you. It has been dealt a final blow in the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus reigns and he rules over sin and death. And in him, we now have resurrection power. One of my favorite verses comes from Galatians 2.20. Man, I want to blaze this everywhere I go. I want this in my mind when I wake up in the morning. I love this verse. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is your new reality. You're dead. The life you now have is Christ living his life through you. That's the new reality. 
but you have other things that, that come into your life that feel like they're the new or old reality where you feel like you're going to give in to sin or something so discouraging happens. This is what happens. Something so discouraging happens to us. We face pain. We face disappointment. And what many of us do, what many of us do, me, you, we try to medicate our pain with sin. We try to alleviate our pain with sin. I was interacting with someone this week, not a part of this church. And this person was telling me that after several, several years of marriage, they found out that their spouse had been unfaithful. The betrayal was crushing them. So disappointed, so freaked out. What are they supposed to do? Well, if you want to try to medicate that, I guess you could just turn to drinking a lot, maybe turn to eating a lot, maybe turn to revenge. Maybe you can just go cheat too or start cussing them out. You see, this Galatians verse and this Romans 6 passage is wonderful when everything is going good. But when problems hit us and temptations come our way, we have to get to a point where we say, I've been crucified with Christ. This is not my life. I'm going to live my life for the one who loved me and gave himself up for me. Rather than medicating and alleviating through sin, I'm going to turn to Christ. Christ, you got to live your life through me. And this is something that we have to do on a, on a daily basis. And this is something that, that is so clear in verse 11. Finish up with verse 11. So clear. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. This terminology of consider, other translations say reckon or count, has the idea of bringing something to your mind and your heart that is already a spiritual reality. This is not going, okay, mind over matter. Let's just talk about some fictional idea. Now, this is the reality that God sees you. This is the reality that God wants you to see. You're dead. You're buried. You've been raised new life in Christ. You have power by the spirit to let Christ live his life through you. That is a new reality that you are to consider, that you are to reckon, that you are to count, that you are now in union with Christ and you can say no to sin. My brothers and sisters, if God says it is so, it is so. If God says you don't have to give in, you do not have to give in. If God says you can now walk in holiness, you can now walk in holiness. If God says it is so, it is so. So the encouragement is to embrace this new reality, dead to sin and alive to God. Now back to our two fields. Everybody is born in this field right here. Born in sin and ruled by Satan. And everyone in this field is trapped. 
Being trapped freaks me out the most. I watch TV shows and movies of people being nabbed and, and held hostage or someone breaks into their house and holds them at gunpoint. It just freaks me out when I see people being trapped. And I don't want to be trapped, but everyone born in sin, everyone who's in this field is trapped. And they need someone like you and someone like me to tell them the path to freedom, to escape. And, and the chances are right now, I know someone who's listening online or who's here this morning, someone right now, you feel trapped. You know the life you're living, you're in sin, you've not trusted Christ, you've not repented. And to you, it may feel like freedom over here, but you are trapped. Maybe this morning can be your day of freedom. Maybe this morning can be a day where you confess, you repent of your sins, you put your faith in Jesus Christ to forgive you. And the word of God says the crane of grace will be operational to take you from here to over here. In this field ruled and reigned by Jesus where there is forgiveness and declaration of righteousness because you are now dead, buried, and you have new life in Christ. But here's what happens on a daily basis, okay? This is what happens. Satan and sin will talk to you over the wall. Hey, are you over there? Do you miss us? And you have a response. And your response could be one of two things. Yeah, I kind of miss you. What do you have in store for me today? What, what should I do? To, I, I, I do miss you a whole lot. I miss living that way. What, what, what should I do? But here's what sanctification is all about. Sanctification is moving further and further away from the wall and saying, uh-uh, I'm not listening to you today. I'm dead to you. You have no power. You have no rule. You have no reign over me. And you move further and further away from the wall. This past week, experienced some sadness as I was told about someone that was walking with the Lord. And it seems like they're not only up on the wall, they're trying to climb the wall and get back in there. And maybe that's you, you're like, yeah, I was walking with the Lord and then I just had a hard time, I started getting tempted and now I'm trying to climb back in and live my old life, my old way. But I got some good news for you. Today is a day of your repentance and forgiveness, today. It starts right now. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way 